Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of From K to Z. Tonight, we're sipping on a little extra dry, barefoot, bubbly champagne. Kiana's is cut with watermelon, and mine is just straight. So, uh, we just, we're just coming off of watching the debate, and my, 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 do we have a lot to say. So, if you're like us, and you watched the first debate between President Trump and the Democratic nominee, Joe Biden, I don't know if you can relate to me, but I cringed the majority of the debate. It was hilarious, in my opinion, certain parts. Um, we got to really see the level of pettiness that Trump really has. Um but also, it was just so, like, unorganized in the way that they spoke to each other. Trump even went as far as to say um, a quote by Joe, from Joe Biden, apparently, um, when he referred to, in Trump's word, he referred to the, the army as, like, bastards. And I was like, yeah. oh, he does know this is live, right? And people are at home watching with their children. And he said it, I believe, two times. Yeah. And so I was sitting there just like, ugh. Like, I was so uncomfortable during the debate. And he tried to, like, even his demeanor with the the reporter, the commentator, the person who ran the debate, um... He just tried to, like, even overpower him. He wouldn't even stop when he asked him to stop. And I loved how the comment, how he um, he just kept referring to, your camp agreed to two minutes uninterrupted. You're interrupting them. Yeah. Um, and he even, he, and he even did some clap back at the president, too. Uh, I think one of the things he said was, um, do you want to come and switch seats? Because uh, at one point, he just started getting frustrated that Trump just kept going on and on and on. And then um, he asked him a question, and Trump tried to, like, answer. He was like, no, Mr. President, that was rhetorical. <laughs> like, please, right. please, just do your job. So what did you, what was your initial thoughts on the debate? Uh, I feel like, essentially, we knew what was going to happen, right? Trump came out and did exactly what his base expected and what they love of him. He took control of the debate. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it was necessarily in the most positive way, but Trump is the type he's going to bully his way through. And I was a little disappointed in Biden because you knew you we know that this is Trump's debating style. Right. He's going to come through and kind of bully and bulldoze his way through. So it's kind of like you can't come there being a decent human being who just wants to debate. You kind of got to get in the swamp with him. Okay. And push back. Yeah, but I think Joe was trying to... So I think his... It may have been strategy, but I think that Joe was also trying to prove his point about how the president bullies, quotes, um, people. Like, he kind of was like, this is the man that's super childish, super over-aggressive all the time. Mm -hmm. He's kind of like a bully. He just talks at the mouth. And I think he kind of let him show that. Like, he kind of let him, like, dig his own grave in a sense. So, I think that was kind of his strategy of not, like, necessarily being like, I'm just going to bulldoze my way through. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of like, well, shit, I've said all the things I had to say about you. And now I'm going to let you show the people and prove me right of how, like, immature and stupid you are, to be honest. 
Um, <laughs> like I said before, and I will say it again, I stand on these words wholeheartedly. Trump is definitely the funniest president that we probably have ever had he in is. the history of the United States. Granted, I am only 30, so I have not experienced many presidents. However, I doubt that there is a clown as funny as him in the past. I don't know. Bush had some greatest hits, but I think that we weren't laughing because we were in fear. Because of <laughs> all the war situations we were in. But Bush was funny on a different kind of level. Trump is like funny as like a millennium kind of level. I, yeah. I'm not calling him millennium. I know that I know what a millennium is, but he's millennial? more millennial. Oh, okay, millennial. Mm-hmm. I know what that is, but he is he kind of like his style is very up to date and um, he is very loving hip hop. Yes, yes. Like I told you when we were um, when we were discussing it, if Trump was a housewife, he would be like Nene Leaks from Real no, Housewives. No, he's of Kenya. He's Kenya. Okay, but see, I think he's more like Nene because he's he like he kind of throws shit out there then plays the victim like oh that's mm-hmm. fake news i didn't do that i didn't say that why are you attacking me yeah. like I, like kenya she kind of like yeah i know that that was petty i did it it was petty i'm um, not saying that she don't play the victim either but but nini i kind of feel like she starts shit or she says shit and then she um <laughs> and then she kind of acts like why is everybody against me yeah when Kenya know, I'm like, yeah, I did some fucked up shit. I can understand why you don't like me. Why you don't speak to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my opinion on that. But I definitely think as I was watching it, I had um, put on Facebook that he was so petty. Like the level of pettiness that this president has is just beyond me. Um, and I, I can't remember exactly what made me say that, but it was a part in the debate where... Um, Joe was speaking and he kept trying to like interrupt him. Mm-hmm. And so Which and then he, part? that was the whole debate. Girl. It was like, it was more in like the first like 10 or 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of laughed because I was like, he, he just had this like man and kind of attitude. Like, well, you did it to me. So I'm going to do did it to you. To you. Um, oh my God. It was, it was very entertaining. I don't think I've been this entertained by a debate in a very long time. And the thing is, I felt like I already... I don't know. I was excited to watch it. Um, I was a little disappointed that it was everything that I expected it would be. Um, I was hoping for a little bit more. And um, honestly, there was a point there where I kind of felt felt bad for Biden. Because it's like when he was talking about how uh, when Trump was throwing sublims at like at Hunter Biden. And he was kind of throwing jabs at Bo too. And then um, when Biden when Joe Biden reacted to it and he was just like, Oh, my son, he's done this, this, that, and the third. And you can see like he was getting emotional. Cause remember like when Bo Biden died, that was some real tough stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, you know, Trump, you've got nerve to even mention Bo or Hunter with them Beavis and butthead <laughs> sons you got. They're not even worth mentioning. Like, I just, I, I, I definitely agree. I thought that was, a low blow mm-hmm. definitely for from him um because you did see i think that was like i think trump flustered biden a lot during this um i wish he would have tried to maintain his composure a little bit more mm-hmm. but when i think he touched on his kids mm-hmm. that's when you could really see like Biden, like oh hell no mm-hmm. all right let me take the gloves off right. um because 
it was very personal to him. And then not only that, like Trump tried to use his his hunter's drug addiction as a way to like try to make a like a point like that wasn't even relevant right for him to start talking about his son and his son's drug use and all that stuff and i think like that was very personal that was very personal attack like um all the stuff that biden said about trump was personal but based on his business yeah and based on his record yeah it was never like you don't hold your wife's hand and you and your wife sleep in a cell like it was never personal about his personal life Mm -hmm. it was about what he like the job that he does yeah and so i kind of felt like that was very low blow and like just disgusting disgusting of trump to even bring up his son's drug addict what i will commend biden for is being like yes my son did that he had a drug problem like many people Mm -hmm. like it's not i'm not he's not the first person he's he's a person Mm -hmm. and yes and watch family had these struggles so like i get it i can relate to other people who who people like whose family go through shit like this like i'm sorry mr president you're so perfect that your shit has never fallen apart that you've never experienced trauma or 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 things that are out of the norm in your trump world but like thank you for bringing that up now i can address that and be like yes my son did this he's out of it we've overcome as a family He's doing much better, you know. So I kind of like I did like how he spent it because truth be told, if that was me, I probably would have cussed him out. Like, are yeah. you fucking kidding me? I thought that that was a I I love the way he handles that because I feel like well actually it makes me think of Sarah Palin, right? Okay, and how hard she was how she was hard on certain issues. And then, especially like, you know, teenage pregnancy and children before marriage and stuff. And remember when Bristol Palin got pregnant Mm -hmm. and she had to walk a lot of that stuff back because it's like, you're bringing in this child out of wedlock and essentially, you know, you're trying to bring a baby mama into the White House. (laughs) You know, she's not running for official office, but still your daughter will be a baby mama. Mm-hmm. And she had to walk a lot of that stuff back. And it's, it's just interesting. I, I, I like the way that he owned that. Yeah, he he definitely did. Um, let's see what else. I liked um, when they brought up his taxes. So apparently, for those of you who don't, don't know, apparently there was a report released that in the With last the two Times. years that Trump has only paid $750 in taxes. Trump's response was, I've paid billions of dollars and millions of dollars. I have lots of things. And he also, we got to fact check this. He also said that Joe Biden was the one who who had wrote the law for him to get all these tax breaks. For him to only pay $750. Um, So, I thought that that was interesting too because I was like, hmm, Biden, how do you respond to that one? And I personally didn't think he did a great job at answering that question, in my opinion, of like, as as far as like, why did he write that? But he did, he did go on defense and say that Trump took advantage of those tax laws. Yeah. He did say that. Um, however, if you wrote the law, shouldn't you put certain things in place so that people can't necessarily mistreat the laws? Because it's not for, it. the law wasn't meant for people like Trump to be able to take advantage of them. Right? Mm -hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, there there has to be a bunch of loopholes for him to get away with paying set. Like, I am a normal fucking person. I didn't pay $750 in taxes. I don't own shit. (laughs) Like, 
At all. I mean, you paid more than that. I paid way more than that. Yeah. You know. See, the thing is with that, it's when we when you say um, he took advantage of it. I feel like is in this country we take advantage of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, go down to. I'm pretty sure that you have a bunch of people who are on Section Eight. They got Section Eight, but they probably bought a house in somebody else's name. And they're renting it out. You know, or mm-hmm. they live in the projects and they're getting the food stamps and somehow there's a mozzie parked outside. We are in a country where unfortunately, we take advantage of things. So it's kind of like, uh, can't blame them for taking advantage because it's what we do. That's tr- that's true. You can't. But that's what I'm saying. Like, so moving forward, when as Biden is trying to right his wrongs, because I think initially that's what he was trying to get of like. Now, like, I see what I did in the past, and I want to, like, I want to, to revamp it and, yeah. fi- and figure it out. So, I think, like, just moving forward, that maybe the law, the tax law should be written in a way where it's not easy to take advantage, yeah. like, of it as, as easily as the millionaires and the billionaires have. And the trillionaires. <laughs> exactly. And so, I thought, like, Biden made a good point where he also, to me, this spoke, like, a lot, a large volume. We lost so many jobs during COVID. Mm-hmm. So many people had to file for unemployment or fell like below poverty or like in jeopardy of losing their house. They were talking about a possible mortgage crisis happening within the next few months. Mm-hmm. Um, and Biden said something to me that was like, wow. Um, he said, however, during all this stuff, all these people losing their family members and getting sick and all this stuff, the millionaires and the billionaires continue to make money. Exactly. They continue to flourish and grow, but somehow the poor people or the people who might even be middle class and like end up plummeting. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting too. I was like, huh, I'm definitely in the wrong class because I was supposed to soar during this time. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, there's still time. Only fans. Go take advantage. Mm, no. <laughs> you gotta do too much for that. Nah. So one thing that I found interesting, and I know it's, I know how you love Trump's entertaining side. <laughs> we got another, shall I say, synonym for COVID tonight from the president. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> and this man, when he said it, he said it so fearlessly. He stood on it ten toes. He, he didn't flinch. He stood on it with conviction. When he referred to coronavirus slash COVID-19 as the Chinese plague. What? My mouth dropped. And he said it more than once. He emphasized that it was the Chinese plague. And, you know, we've heard him call it all kind of other things that had to do with Chinese. Zuri. <laughs> he called it the Kung Flu. Um, what was the other one? There was the China virus. Yeah. And the Wuhan something, wasn't it? The, there was also the Wuhan flu. Mm-hmm. And he justifies making it um, specific to this special group of Chinese people. Because he said it came from China. <laughs> you can look back at some of the old press conferences. He literally says that multiple times. That he knows for a fact it came from China. So it needs to be identified as the Chinese flu. The Wuhan flu. 
Yes. But I do have a question. Okay, and I don't know. People are going to have be Everyone's going to have different opinions on this. Mm-hmm. And everyone's we're allowed to disagree. Ebola. Mm-hmm. Is a river in Africa. Okay. That's why, that's essentially, that's where it came from. The animals were drinking water from this river. And the people were killing these animals. Those specific animals that were drinking from this river, it's called bush meat. So it's like, like orangutans, armadillos, and stuff like that. They call it bush meat. And a lot of people that are eating the bush meat were getting sick. And that's mm-hmm. where the name Ebola comes from. Right? So, I wondered at first... To call it the Wuhan flu, is that necessarily, is it necessarily a racist? Because Wuhan is a city. If you named Ebola after a river and you're naming Wuhan, the Wu, if you're naming uh, the coronavirus, the Wuhan flu, is it necessarily racist? I've always wondered that, but I want someone else's opinion. Well, I see, so I do understand where you're going with that. Um, I think if he would have kept it as the Wuhan flu, Meaning the source of the flu, meaning this city in China. Yes. That's different than calling it a Chinese disease. I think it would, for instance, if Ebola would have been called the African disease Mm -hmm. or the Africa disease, Mm -hmm. it would have then been perceived racist, right? Yeah. It wouldn't have been like, oh, well, it's named after a river in Africa. If he would have like, well, it came from Africa. Mm -hmm. So it's the African disease or the African Bola or whatever. Um, what I'm saying is, is it is it necessarily the racist to call it the Wuhan flu? I don't think that's racist because no, just for instance, if you take mad cow disease, it came from cows. Yeah, who went mad? Well, I'm just yeah. kidding. I know that that's not really what happened <laughs> because but. happy cows live in California, <laughs> right? So the mad, but because they're they're naming it as the source of where yeah. it, where it, it comes from. from. Yeah, not necessarily the race in which it came from. Yeah. Does that make sense? That yeah, to me, yeah. that's that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Like I think it would be taken differently if they would have called it the African flu or the Africa flu. Yeah. Besides Ebola or you know you know what I mean like yeah. so yeah I do understand what the question though. Um, so I don't think the Wuhan flu is racist. I think calling it the Chinese the Kong flu, flu makes it then so that we proceed because. Not all Americans are smart. Yeah. Common sense is not always so common. So when you, as the leader of the free world, name a specific ethnicity or race mm-hmm. after a certain type of disease or virus, mm-hmm. people associate those people with that disease or virus. Right? So I think that's how it becomes racist. Yeah. And do you remember when you had the press conference? I can't remember. It was recent, though. And a, a female Asian reporter asked him a specific question. And then he says, I don't know, ask China. Yes. What? <laughs> yes. And she pulls out her mask. She's like, why did you Why? Why did you say that to me? And he's like, next question. Right. I'm like, see, the thing is, and that's the crazy thing that I think the reason why he does this is because his base, they get a thrill out of this ignorant shit. They love it. They feed on it. It's like the whole world, we're like our political, our whole political situation right now is just reality TV. It's like a reality TV show. And people just can't get enough of it. Oh, you got straight foolery in the White House. That blows my mind. Like, <laughs> like even for him to... Freedom of speech is for everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's not. 
But as the president of the United States, people, whether it's their own responsibility or not, mm-hmm. people look forward to what you say. Mm-hmm. Like as far as like what's happening in our country, how you protect us, the things that you say you're going to do to protect us or liberate us or whatever. So for you to even make a joke, whether it's, I, I, I don't think that Trump is stupid enough to really inject bleach in his arm. But for him to say something as sarcastic as that in that time, a moment about like uh, people just taking shots of bleach or whatever, mm-hmm. to me it it was like, huh? Like you are too important to be making stupid ass sarcastic mm-hmm. comments like that. And too many people have died. Right, exactly. And it was just like uh, I don't know, like yeah, like but you leave shit like that for the common folks to say, yeah. like not you as like the person that we have to look forward to, like. You're making these decisions. You and your team are making these decisions. Like, you don't have time to be fucking sarcastic. Yeah. If that was Obama, he would have been drugged. Like, I mean, and I know people got mind. people got at Trump, mm-hmm. but it would have been a whole different story if he would have, like, well, I was just being sarcastic. Like, I didn't really mean, you know, it yeah. would have just been a whole other situation. But Obama understood the difference between, like, I can't afford to be sarcastic in real fucking emergencies. I can be funny at a birthday party. Mm-hmm. I can be funny at an award show. Mm-hmm. Hell, if I'm even invited on one of those roasting shows, that's mm-hmm. when it's time for me to show my sense of humor. Not during a time when we're speaking about people dying and Americans being afraid to go outside and mm-hmm. touch shit. Like, I just think he, he, it's, it's just comical. Like right. it's, To me, it's... It's like it's it's unbelievable. Sur- it's almost. surreal. Yeah. Sometimes he says certain things, and I'm just like, "What?" And I, I just still can't believe this man got elected. I just still can't believe it. And this is the end of his first term. I still can't believe it. And the thing is, I'm kind of fearful that there might be a second. I think we're all kind of fearful of that. I mean, I was through with Trump when the coronavirus first started. When in one of his earlier press releases. This fool said, people have died who have never died before. <laughs> and I was trying to really analyze that by what he meant. Like, and I do believe it was an error. But, like, I was like, does he mean literally, like, people have died who have never died before? Because once you die, you can't die again. Or did he mean, like, people who were of a certain status is now being affected by this? So right. Those people who have never been affected have died. Like, I was really trying to figure out what he meant. Man. Even though I do believe it was just, like, a grammatical error. No, girl. He but... knows Duncan McLeod of the Clan <laughs> McLeod, okay? He knows Highlander. And so, I was just like, okay, this is just going to be on a bumpy ride. And it sure enough has from him saying that in one of his briefings and then completely going ham on a reporter who asked him how does he motivate the American people during this time and he told me he was a disgusting reporter right. to then him just being like forget it I'm not doing no more press briefings for a while like I just don't want to do it anymore then then to let's take shots of bleach right. um it's just been one funny ass joke for him he's a joke in himself um I think Biden did some good digs at him mm-hmm. um but he did I feel like he did it tastefully yeah um, I think Trump was, I think Biden got under his skin a lot yeah. during that. And also that, um, what the, what are they called? The mediator, the commentator. Mediator. Um, also he, I did, think he did a great job of trying to control the debate when Trump was really going out there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I liked how he tried to like really like hone him in and be like, all right, you're not about to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to overtalk me. You're not going to continue to overtalk me. Enough is enough. Let's stop. So, oh, I think that's what it was. The point that I was making when I was like, he's petty. So there was a point where that Biden and Trump were going back and forth and, um, and the, the mediator tried to like tell them to both stop. And he pointed and the mediator pointed out that Trump had kept interrupting. And then Trump goes, well, so is he. <laughs> and he's like, well, you're doing it more than he is. Yeah. And so it's just like, oh my God, the level of petty of this man. I know you have a win in mind. So anyway, um, I think I like that they touched on a lot of different topics. Um, I just, I just thought it was really, the, the whole thing, in my opinion, was really distasteful on both parties. Like, I feel like they argued too much with each other and not necessarily focused on the questions. It was more of a rivalry than like, uh, this is why I deserve to be picked. Yeah. It was more tit for tat. And I did feel like Biden, I was a little just... I was a little disappointed because you can tell that Trump was getting under his skin a lot. Mm-hmm. And just by his facial expressions. And I, f- I hope that in the next debate, he's better prepared. And he has a better idea, even though we all know who Trump is. You know, but I kind of felt like he went into this be- debate expecting Trump to deliver something different that, than he o- always has. You know, so I hope next time he's ready. Yeah. I Okay, also one thing I want to also say is when they talked about the issue of race, mm-hmm. I really wish that Biden would have brought up the whole Chinese disease thing too mm-hmm. because, like, they, they only focused on the African-American part, which is a big part, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, like, he tried, like, Trump tried to really justify mm-hmm. by, okay, so... This might sound a little shitty for some people, but Trump tried to really justify like what he's done for the African-American community mm-hmm. without admitting like or without saying that he was like racist. So he was like, well, basically he put took Biden's old self mm-hmm. and like use that against him. Like, well, you think African-Americans are this. This is what you said. You tried to basically lock them up yeah. for doing all these things. And I think that if he would have been like, well, what about you and how you refer to like the Asian people as or like the Chinese people as being these disease infected people and who brought Latinos to our country. Yeah, exactly. Bad hombre. Exactly. I think he could have run that argument a little better um, because <laughs> Trump was able to really nail him on his past platforms of what he supported. And then, too, it's like. And that was, and I totally agree with you because that was a good moment for him to shine. Because, yeah. like, you know, you stand on that, you own it, you apologize. And then you counter with, well, you know, Trump, you said this about this community. You said that about another community. I feel like you got to take his attacks on each community and bring them together, you know? So it's kind of like you kind of bring people together because, like, we're all, he's attacked all of us. And at the end of the day, you're running for a presidency of the United States of America, not for the presidency of black people, you know? So you want to identify with as many people as you possibly can. And let's keep it 1,000. The Latino vote is that number is growing. It's growing. So it's like you want to bring everybody in. Don't just focus on necessarily just one group. So... I definitely, I definitely agree with that. However, I will say, as a 
as non-Trump supporting as I am, I think that he definitely won that segment, especially when his, his to me, his hitter line was, you locked African-Americans up. I released them from jail. Yeah. With basically from the shit that you did to them, I, I've now released them. But that wasn't so, him. That was Kim Kardashian. Well, he he played on the platform. In in another whole situation, he completely went off on Twitter about that, about yeah. how he don't feel like he was recognized enough as doing this like prison reform mm-hmm. situation that him and Kim and I think um John Legend was involved in at some point. So on Twitter again, petty. He went off and Chrissy Teigen, John Legend's wife, completely put him in his place, called him um, a pussy ass bitch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, OK, Chrissy. However, he like he needs a lot of acknowledgement for the for things that he he's does. done instead of just being like, well, yeah, I did that. Like I did it. I'm the president. That's what I'm supposed to, to do. do. Um, but yes, I de- in my opinion, the, the part about the race he kind of nailed him in that, in yeah, my opinion. I agree. For sure. Because um, I think, I wish Biden wouldn't have been so flustered and he could have talked about other experiences of race without just the African-American portion. Yeah. But, you know, they always, I feel like we're always kind of a pawn when it comes to these things. But it's kind of like... we have such a big vote. Yeah. But it's kind of like, I feel like it's changing because our numbers, I feel, I don't know if we have the numbers that we used to have. You know, as far as in terms of like population, you know what I mean? So that's why I feel like, you know, the Democrats, they have their base that is white. But for the most part, black people have gone out in support of they've always gone out in support of the Democratic Party. But now, yeah. yeah, but now I feel like, you know, things, it seems like things have changed a little bit. I'm especially with like this last election. It seems like now uh more black people you hear more black people are willing to vote for trump and i feel like when it comes to black people voting for trump and this is just my opinion my opinion is not law opinions are like buttholes we all have one unless you're born with one of those conditions when you don't have a butthole um i feel like it comes down to what's more important to you your economic standing or your overall your um your safety like as far as like you feeling safe in your environment with like law enforcement things i think that's what it comes down to yeah i mean i think that we definitely have a lot more black republicans than people want to acknowledge mm-hmm. um and i think also they get shunned for that too mm-hmm. within the black community um however just as much as some people may be switching sides. There are other people who have switched sides too who mm-hmm. necessarily used to be or used to think Republican is the better way mm-hmm. who are now going to more of a democratic social kind of setting. Mm-hmm. So I think it, like, we don't have the exact facts on this, but I think mm-hmm. it could go both ways where, and, and speaking only about the African-American community, that people who always used to think voting Democrat because they were black yeah. was important and now you might have some, a lot of white people who are like, who don't fit this social standard as far as economics, mm-hmm. who are more like, I need more of the social economic part like, yeah. as a part of my life. Like I need stuff like Obamacare and I need these things. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think it could, like, it could be going both ways, yeah. but, um, I, I, we definitely don't really talk about black not black democrats we definitely don't talk about black republicans enough um and i do believe that they're shunned 
like if you're black and you're voting like you're kind of looked down upon or people are shocked like huh me personally i believe blackness in all spaces i think there should be black republicans i think there should be black conservatives black democrats and black liberals because we need to have a foot in every single door so that when we come back together when we come together we can have a discussion about okay here's what's being said over here here's what's being said in this group and here's what's being said in this group so when we come together we can kind of we can have an idea of how we can move forward together so i believe in blackness in all spaces that I mean, in theory, that's great. Yeah. That's for for real great. It's like the Un- United Nations of Black people. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we need. Um, but you know, if I I hope that something like that could happen, that mm. we could have like a complete like Black caucus of like just blackness of all different beliefs, economic status, like that would be awesome, and yeah. then we can just all have a whole discussion about like, well, this. For my party, this is that. This is that. Like, I think that's an awesome idea. Now, uh, in theory, yes. Mm-hmm. Do I think that um, everybody will be heard? Mm-hmm. Probably not, because there's so many different ideas and yeah. different ways of thinking. Yeah. But I mean, that's something to work to look to work on, or even even try to like plan out, like in a way that it could be productive and stuff. But I definitely agree. I think that that's a great idea, to be honest. Awesome. So, in our final remarks, what do you hope for from 2020 to affinity? Um, <laughs> I hope that I hope that our next president does what the hell they're, they're, they say they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Just as much as they're using the black vote and the Latino vote and the Asian vote to like get these believers and stuff. I hope that whether it's Trump or Biden, I I hope that it's Biden, but um I really hope that they take time to really understand what these people in these communities are really going through and I hope they follow through with helping the people as a whole, like both economically and social um with social issues in general. Um that's just what I hope for, from any president, that you have your platform and you really help the people that you promised you were going to help. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, I know that they all promise the big businesses, we're going to give you tax breaks and, you know, the low income, we're going to create housing programs for you or, you know, give you low mortgage rates and all this stuff. Like, I really just hope that some of it comes to fruition where it helps the economy and people as a whole, not just like certain certain statuses of of wealth or income yeah what about you well i hope moving forward i hope that uh the next president can unite the country because essentially the way uh, the way i see it is think about every just about every other continent right a continent is a collection of countries right but every country is doing their own thing the north american continent is it could be a a collection of countries but we're states and it's essentially we've all decided to kind of like you know have each other's back essentially right and i feel like a u.s that is divided would be just very chaotic not just for us but i feel like it'd be chaotic for the rest of the world and i feel like for the future 
of I'm not I can't say our children. Well, you can say our children. I can't say our children because I don't have a kid. But I was like, for the future generations, I want them to experience the wonderful childhoods that we had, you know, where you don't really have to worry about much. Can you imagine kids nowadays you're waking up and the sky's orange and stuff like that? It's just I don't know. So I hope that looking forward, we're united. I hope that we can get the the environmental situation back on track, the economic situation together. I just, I hope that we can go back to what America was before. It was still racist, but we, 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 we dealt with that racism. I don't see in our lifetime that we're going to wake up and it's going to be a day where there's no racism, everything's beautiful. But I will be very happy with Watching it come together. Watching, like, the foundation being built. Okay. That's actually a good time. That's actually a good pitch for a movie, A Day Without Racism. On that note, (laughs) (laughs) we are going to leave y'all because that's an idea and we got millions to go and make. (laughs) Good night. Good night.